hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And boy, what matters to me today? Well, that's two things. Uh, one, I think, a little more important than the other. Uh, one will always be around. Um, the other one may not be around. No, I think I'm going to take that back. I want to add a third to what matters to me. Uh, because something significant happened last night. And so I want to make sure I also talk about the fact that I, I witnessed, uh, you know, history uh, in the makings or no live and in color. I witnessed uh, last night. But let me start off by many of you who, who, are, who are friends of the show are aware of the fact that whenever we lose a member of the fraternity, particularly of football, I always pay homage to that individual and, and take a, a moment of silence out for that individual. I, I was I was negligent in not doing so a couple of weeks ago when Sandy Grossman, uh, an outstanding you know producer uh, working for the National Football League, did an outstanding job of bringing Super Bowls into the early Super Bowls into the homes of millions of people. A uh, great friend of of fans across the world. Uh, it's just amazing how he was able to bring that game to life. Uh, it became a, a spectacle. It, it became an, an event. Uh, the Super Bowl was almost like a holiday in itself uh, because of that broadcast that he was so much a part of. So what I want to do is I want to do a combination of paying homage to Sandy. And, and then I want to, of course, you know, take a look back at what happened a year ago. Uh, and these people who were participating in the Boston Marathon, uh, although, uh, you know, they may not, some of them may not have been deemed as athletes. To me, they were performing a, an athletic type of an event. So when you're doing something athletic, I'm going to pull you into that fraternity. And, and, and it was just, it was a sad day. Uh, but, but you know what? We're going to celebrate like we're supposed to do. Uh, those of us who, who believe in, in a higher being, and uh, certainly I believe in the good Lord Jesus Christ, that these people went on, if they were saved, they went on to um, a greater place and enjoying a life much better than it is here on this earth. But what we want to do is I want to recognize that. I want to recognize that there was a tragedy and they lost their lives in, in, a, tra you know, in a tragic way. And um, you know, I just think that this world, and hope and pray this world becomes a, a better place. And just because we don't agree it doesn't mean that we can't agree to disagree. So let's pay homage to those who've gone on as a result of tragedy in, in Boston and, and the Sandy Grossman. So I'm, I'm going to take a, a moment of silence here, if you will. All right. Okay, now, uh, listen, I got some coffee with me here in the studio. I'm going to have me a drink, if you will, of coffee. And when I have a drink of coffee, chances are that I, you know, my, I may accelerate the speed of this broadcast today. <laughs> At least it, uh, the time won't go any faster, but perhaps maybe my delivery may be uh, a little faster. But I, I just want to, you know, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I, uh, first, before I talk about that, what matters to me, we're on the steel, what matters to me. And, and, and what matters to me, of course, is the fact that I, I want everybody to know that last night, blood moon, some reference to it in the Bible. I, you know, I, hey, I have to go back and check, but I'm, I'm going to say, though, I, I don't know every word of the Bible. You know, I don't have to know. 
But I tell you what, there's some reference, but last night, Blood Moon, I stepped out my house, I would say last night, probably about, ooh, 12.30. Tried to capture it on my iPhone, took a video, even had added the narrative to the video to let people know that in case you can't see it, I saw it. Never in my life, I've been on this earth, five decades plus five and a half, good Lord willing, a couple weeks. Never seen anything like it in my life. I'm from the days of, I grew up in the days of Barnabas Collins. We used to call them stories when I was a kid. My mom used to watch the stories every day and Barnabas used to be on when he was a vampire. And you know, so you always got a shot of the moon or something. And the moon, you know, you remember those, those scary movies when we were kids too. You know, the moon was always so, you know, you know the, the freaks come out at night. So when the moon is shining and glowing, you know, it's, it's a scary moment, you know, under the moonlight. It's always something under the moon. You know, sometimes some good things happen. Some of us wouldn't have, you know, been here on earth if it wasn't for the moonlight. But at the same time, last night was a ma- never, ever, 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 ever did I even think that I would ever see the moon that looked to me like it was red last night. There's definitely, it was not, and, it, and you know what, before that it was bright white, the night before it was bright white, and even earlier, in the, I mean, last, yesterday before it was a big, beautiful, bright white moon, earlier in the evening it was a beautiful white moon, it happened, so those of you who, are, who missed it, you missed something, you, you ain't gonna, ah, I, I don't even know what the prediction is when it might ever happen again, I won't be here. I, you know, man, I'm old enough as it is. I want to stay as long as, you know what they always say, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Well, I want to go to heaven, but I'm not ready to die either. So I will say this. I thank God I was able to see that last night. Uh, other family members saw it. it you, there's few times in life where you can say you witnessed something for the first time ever that, you know, that other people are seeing something for the first time ever. You know, although this is a pretty progressive, you know, generation of people, very innovative with technology and things like that. But there's sometimes there's just very few times where we able to say we're, we're witnessing something for the first time ever. And so I witnessed that last night. And and uh, and then one other thing I want to acknowledge of what matters to me today. That damn Uncle Sam keeps showing up on the 15th of April. He sometimes he shows up on the 16th of April, and that's only because the 15th is a Sunday or Saturday. But that damn Uncle Sam just keeps showing up. How does he get his hands in my pocket before I can't even put my hand in my pocket? He's, he's already in there. Please, can somebody tell me Uncle Sam? Now, I got a pretty decent accountant this year. Shout out to, to, to my man, Darian. Darren did a good job this year. I gave Uncle Sam, well, Uncle Sam gave me a little bit of his money back. See, I'm already, I already owe Uncle Sam, so he's looking to get his money. So if I got something coming, guess what? I don't even get it. That's what I'm saying. Uncle Sam got his hand in my pocket already. It, it's not even going to come to me. He's going to take it. So I'm just putting my business all out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working with Uncle, but I'm not ashamed. Listen, I, ain't no shame in my game. I want you to understand that this is a friendly conversation we have in amongst friends here on the Voice America Network. Athletes are human beings. We have issues and problems and situations. You know, there are going to be repercussions. 
to the situations, you know. And so sometimes I talk about, and I'm feeling good at least. Well, the state is still in my pocket real deep. But, man, so I just wanted to tell you what matters to me. So you know, of course, Sandy Grossman, we paid homage to him. That matters to me. Boston Marathoners, those who have gone on as a result of the tragedy, we pay homage to them. That matters to me. Blood Moon. Oh, man, that matters to me. And then, of course, Uncle Sam. Man, that matters to me. But we're going to go on. But I, I just, I think you need to know what matters to me. Because I'm sure something matters to you. So I just want to let you know what matters to me before we get deep down into the show today. Because I got a good show prepared. I'm, I mean, I, I you know... <laughs> My man, LeBron James, boy, I just love the heat. You know, I, I, I have to say, and I just hope and pray that LeBron and his family can stay together. It, it's, it's a job. It takes, it's, it's, you have to work at it. Anything that's worthwhile, you got to work at it and work on it. You got you to gotta do those things. It don't just happen. Are there some, you know, challenges? Yes. Are there sometimes some second guessing or all that kind of stuff that goes along with making a long-term commitment to anything? Yes, but that's okay, you know? So just deal with it. Whatever, hey, if you took some vows, I'm talking to the married people out there now and those who are considering, it's, you know, remember, you got to think about for better, for worse, for richer and poor, sickness and health, till death. Now, I hope those women out there ain't watching Snapped because we don't want, you know, that we don't want you to make that death come early. But 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 certainly what we want you to know to is that that commitment is still death to you. Part. And I hope and pray that everything works out because that LeBron James family, I like them, but I love LeBron James as a as an athlete. I just love him as an athlete. And it's OK for a man to say he love another man as it relates to what they do. From my perspective, I'm just talking about what the man does with the other type of thing. That's okay. Some men can do that, too, if they want to. But that's not my thing. My thing is I love what LeBron does on the basketball court, his leadership that he, that he demonstrates on and off the field. I saw an old clip of LeBron James, I think it was last year, the year before, where he bought his high school team football uniforms. And then when that man walked out on that stage, I got chills. Because he was giving them young men something. It was like they, they, they saw the Messiah himself when they saw LeBron in that football uniform. My man looked like he could play some ball, too. Now, you know he could play some ball. He, you know, uh, the Ohio State University, which Kirk Herbstreit may not ever say in his life, but that's okay. Because, you know, all you have to do is visit the university, which is Kirk, has been on the campus a few times. And the sign does say the Ohio State University. It doesn't say Ohio State University. Now, I don't know what OU says, Ohio University. I don't know what their sign says. But I know that if you look at, at those, those uh, statues, if you look at those, um, any signage at the Ohio State University, it's been there for years. It was a long time ago I was there. They've always said the Ohio State University. So let me just... Let me just get that out real fast because Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, could have had LeBron James in a football uniform or a basketball uniform. But the man was good enough to go play pro ball, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But 
I think I got about 30 seconds. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a break. We're going to have a commercial. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you why I love LeBron James and the Miami Heat so much. Because I tell you what, man, they got they got them. They got big ones, real big ones. And they sent a message to the Indiana Pacers. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break and I'll be right back. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, of course, is uh, the passing of Sandy Grossman. Uh, those who we lost in the uh, in the bombing uh, in the Boston Marathon last year, and of course the fact that Uncle Sam got his hand in my pocket again. I think those things perhaps maybe might register and res- res- resonate with some of you out there. So if you do, uh, just uh, uh, some of them we're excited about uh, because they've gone on to a better place. And Uncle Sam, well. You know, one day we'll get ours from him. But let me go on and let me talk to you a little bit about the Miami. He says that time of year now where, okay, we now, we, we have to, you know, no longer can we, you know, be in a position where we say, well, you know, they might or this. You know, it's time to pick a side. Choose a team. Who's your favorite team? You should have been able to acknowledge who your favorite team was throughout the entire year. But by no means do I bite my tongue. I'm a LeBron James fan. I love the man. Man play ball. I can't think of, a, there's not a weakness in his game. It may have been years ago, but he came into the game and he's consistently improving himself. And I like that, you know, and he's gone from a team that, that won but couldn't win the championship because it's a team and he's now with the team that can win the championship and they won a couple. Now we're approaching what's called the 3P that I believe has been patent 
or trademark by the man himself, who is the man himself of the Miami Heat, and that's Pat Riley. And so I'm sure Pat would lend that name to those guys and, and let them, you know, have the honor of displaying that on T-shirts and memorabilia, three-peat again. But here's what I want to say. I, you know, there's different times. I, I'm, I'm one of those people. Thank The Ohio State University for letting me come to their university and get a great education in communications. But I also understand that there are various forms of communication. You know, there is the, the spoken word, there is the written word, and, and there is uh, uh, the word that can be seen uh, through hand signals. Uh, there's also communications, smoke signals. I am in Arizona, and I mean that in a very respectful way. Uh, the Native Americans, uh, from what I was taught in, of course, American history, that, uh, you know, and I hope my American history was correct, Believe me, all of it was not correct. We know that, but smoke signals, you know. Uh, but let me just go on and let me just get to the nitty-gritty about the Miami Heat. They sent a message. They sent a message last night by allowing themselves to possibly lose a game by making sure that the most important player on the team at this time is healthy, doesn't risk a meaningless game to them as far as they're concerned. Now, you say a meaningless game, Ray. What are you talking about? If they'd have won the game, perhaps maybe they could have clinched home field advantage or home court advantage, if you will. Okay, push, stop, rewind, push, play. Thank you there, uh, good reverend. Uh, Pastor Bishop Thomas, that's one of yours. I just borrowed that for a minute. Uh, but psh, press rewind, psh, press play. They decided that it was okay for them to lose a game to make sure the most important player on their team, you know, just minimize the risk of him getting hurt by not letting him play. And we'll go in and we will not have home court advantage. You know what that, what kind, you know what kind of message that was they were sending to them? We don't care where. We don't care whose court that we playing on. Indiana Pacers, shout out to you. That was, I mean, of all the things, if you want to think about something, a message being sent, everybody talks about this type of, uh, you know, bullet board material that you get from interviews of players. But when an organization together collectively decide that we're going to rest our key players so that we can go in to the playoffs healthy. I mean, just think about that. What would the pundits have said, not including me, if LeBron would have played or Chris Bosh would have played last night and got hurt for a single one game advantage in the playoffs? What would we have said? Come on. What would you have said? Everybody would be all over every talk show. There'd be, by the way, 888-346-9144. Give me a call. If you've got a different opinion of this, then give me a call. 888-346-9144. But the fact of the matter is, it was a loud message. 
It was as clear as, as, that, as, as the red moon was last night. They didn't care if Indiana had home, field, home court advantage. So what? We playing basketball. Court is still 10 feet high. Court is still so many feet wide, 90 feet long. Don't make a difference. Still got one basketball, five men on the court at one time. You know, they're still calling fouls, still shooting free throws, jumpers, running fast breaks, pick and rolls. We're playing basketball. We don't care where we play you at. Now, just think about that. Think about how bold that is for them to send that message. I mean, here the Pacers are, their whole year, they're they fighting because they think that the most important thing for them in the playoffs against the Miami Heat is to get home court advantage, and they, they concede. It's like they, you know, they did a, a Roberto Durant, and they, you know, and they just said, no mas, no mas. This is, you know, they just said, oh, you, okay, you can have it. But in this case, it wasn't you could have the title. It said you can have that home field advantage because guess what? We don't care. If we got to go to your place the last game, we going in there and we walking out of there going to the next step, championship. Talking about mind games, now that's a mind game. Many times with NFL, NBA players, baseball players, particularly pitchers, you know how pitchers do. You know, pitchers going to throw a couple, you know, balls, you know, near your head, you know, inside, get you off the plate. You know, in football, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm the kind of player I always ask, Coach, hey, well, I ask a couple coaches. I can't ask all the coaches. You know, can I get a, you know, can I get a personal file here? Can, can, can I get a 15? I need, I need one because I need to send a message. Well, a message was sent loud and clear. Now, I want to hear. I want to hear how, what, you know, how do they respond? How does, Indiana, how does Indiana respond to that? Because, see, Indiana has a plan going into the playoffs, anticipating that they're going to run into the heat in, in, the, in the East Championship Series to see who comes out of the East. They, they already had a plan. Guess what that just did? That, that just threw a monkey wrench into their plan because now all of a sudden where all the focus was on the plan, these people have told you we don't care about home court advantage, which you have been striving to get all year long, and they've let you know that that's not important to us. We've won two championships. We know that indeed in winning a championship, Home court advantage isn't something that's necessary in order for you to win a chance. That's the message they're sending. And you got somebody who's never been there before. They think that the most important thing is home court advantage. And you just sent them a strong message saying, guess what? Home court advantage, I tell you what, we'll give you that. We, we, we will give it. It'll come out to the last game and we will g give you that. Mind game, my, way, 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 way off the chart mind game right there. Way off the chart. It's almost like you go into a boxing ring and, you know, you fighting somebody and, you know, they're righty and they show up and they're boxing you, softball. Oh, my goodness. What you, what, what you going to do? That's one of them things Sugar Ray might do to you. <laughs> he switch it up on you. What, how you going to handle that? You didn't prepare for that. You did not prepare for the fact that they were going to play this mind game with you. So now you got to now you got to think about that. 
But let me just say this. See, the Indiana, the Indiana Pacers, see, they have another, well, let me just tell you, the plan. I see it coming. I see it coming right now, and it, it just so happens that the timing is perfect. Those of you out there that, again, watch the big boy shows, ESPN has been uh, uh, showing some, um, some trailers, some highlights of, of, of a broadcast they're going to have on, 30, you know, on ESPN 3030. And it's bad boys. Now, just think about that. Bad boys who were victimized by bad boys. Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. Did it work? It worked. Okay, let's fast forward to this generation. Is there a Michael Jordan S, if you will, in the league that's got the last two rings? Yes. How do we stop him? Mmm. LeBron rules. Yes. That's the plan. I, I'm just letting you know. So you can say, I, you, you, Ray said that. It's coming. You got to do it. That's the only thing you could possibly try to do in order to beat Miami. You got to implement some new rules just for LeBron. And you got to beat him down. Now, you're going to do that. That ain't right. You're going to try that. The referees might step in. But I'm telling you, if it comes down to the heat, and the Pacers, the Pacers are going to implement LeBron rules. Just like Detroit, the bad boys, Jordan rules. Beat him down. Beat him down. And so that's Larry Bird. Come on, Larry Bird knows. Mm, that worked. That worked. As a matter of fact, it even worked on the Celtics. Bad boys. Mm, Detroit just beat them down. Beat them down. So. I'm saying to you, <laughs> the Heat, man, Pat Riley knows that, that that man is a wizard. I'm telling you. He's smart as, oh, man, smart as a whiz. Shout out to Wizard. You know who you are there, Spencer. But Pat Riley, Pat Riley said, give it up. I don't care about that last game. As a matter of fact, that last game will send a message that will just, it'll just, it, it'll, it'll go through it. It'll go through like a like a hurricane through that locker room, destroy everything. Because here they were concentrating on something they thought that was so important to us. And we're letting them know that that is not the recipe to success, home court advantage. That ain't got nothing to do with it. How does Pat know? Because I remember Pat took a rookie into 76ers court and beat them at home. Magic did that on their own court. I'm going to tell you what, this is... <laughs> That was a good one, Pat. I like that one. So now, what do the Pacers do now? What are they thinking about now? Oh, man. They got to go back and think about something else. But now that those LeBron rules, we got to keep an eye on that. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. I think I hear a little music. We got to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Of course, we're going to get back to uh, the LeBron rules, of which, of course, uh, I anticipate uh, that if indeed the Indiana Pacers find themselves up against uh, the Miami Heat, that we will see a revisit of the day and the time of the bad boys. The bad boys this year will be the Indiana Pacers. There is no doubt in my mind that they will try to play a more physical game than we've ever seen against uh, Mr. James and, and company. And uh, because of that, I think, I think LeBron is aware of that. You know, that's one thing about because I think he takes so, you know, takes such good care of his body because he knows that you really can't stop him, you know? So you got to be physical with him, you know? And even to, you know, think about a man that's running as fast as he can as he does, dribbling the basketball, and you, you're going to try to get in front of him and take a charge, or, then, or you're going to try to grab him from the side. You know, you're going to get beat up. Sometimes that's what people don't understand when you think about football. You know, sometimes the person who's delivering the blow, he feels as much pain as the person on the receiving side of it. So if you're going to try to step in front of LeBron on the charge, take a charge, very few people take charges when LeBron's coming through the middle. Uh, they try to grab him from the side and grab him around the neck and all that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we'll find out what's going on. But uh, I'll tell you what. Um, by the way, I just want to shout out to my man, uh, uh, Daryl Oliver out there. I'm, I don't think he knows, but I'm doing the show live right now. So he might have to, I might have to get back to him a little bit. You know, modern day technology. I see what's going on on my cell phone. So I'm communicating to my man. I'm sending him a text. But let me just also, I need to do this. I want to give a shout out. 
to the girls' track team at Pepperdine University down there in Malibu. Had a great year, and I want to congratulate you guys on a successful year and wishing you the best uh, next year, of course. And there's one person in particular I'm you know, really happy to see that they enjoyed your track season uh, for the first time there at Pepperdine University. So let, let me get back, if you will. I think I, I think I, I'm not going to beat I'm, I'm not going to be the dead horse because it's not a dead horse. But that I just want to be I want to be the first one to put that out there about LeBron and, and what we can expect in the playoffs. There's something else that's going on that I was listening to the past few weeks. And I said, you know what, Ray, let's spend a little bit of time on that. And that is that, you know, Donald Trump has, you know, whenever he, he just finds a way. I don't know if it's, you know, because he has good friends in the media. Uh, but when Donald Trump, you know, wants to. Say something, you know, it's like he's the E.F. Hutton of today. And there's people out there who who are in the media today that don't even know, never heard of E.F. Hutton because that was something that was a commercial that was big. Maybe E.F. Hutton is still around as a company, but certainly they're not the company that when they speak, we listen. But Donald seems to be the person that when he speaks, they want to listen. They be in the media. You know, he has something to say about the president of the United States. Not being a citizen of the United States, he always has some criticism about his policy, the way he governs the United States of America, how he thinks perhaps maybe, you know, the president has been punked by other people, uh, you know, throughout the world, that we, you know, the loss of respect for the United States of America. Uh, there is no more superpowers, but, but a loss of respect for the United States of America but now let's go into the sports realm, if you will. And, you know, for the, I, I happened to be playing professional football when Donald Trump owned the team. And, uh, you know, the New Jersey Generals. And, 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 and listen, I, I and a lot of other players out there that played in the National Football League, and even those who played in the USFL, we, you know, we're thankful for Donald and, and his other colleagues creating competition which then we did benefit from the competition as athletes in terms of our compensation. But we don't owe him anything. But we certainly, you know, he and them, you know, benefited and profited from the work that we did. And so did we as, as athletes. But I will say this. The National Football League does not need Donald Trump, nor do I believe the National Football League Wants Donald Trump. What can Donald Trump bring to the National Football League that's going to be positive? The man always controversy follows him. It's his shadow. His shadow is not the darkness of his shadow. It's controversy. The National Football League is a brand that they prefer to have no blemishes on it. They work very hard. It's, it's, it's a group of men that, that, that what they do is they concede their personal recognition with the exception of one very strong personality. Maybe two. I think Mr. Kraft's got a, a quiet but, you know, uh, very uh, loud personality. It may be quiet, but it's very loud. You hear it. Uh, no doubt in my mind, Jerry Jones has a strong personality. After all, Jerry Jones also is an athlete himself. I think many of you already know that. And, and a former coach as well. But I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that Donald Trump, and I'm a member of the fraternity. <laughs> you know, I'm still on payroll. 
you know. So what I'm saying is the National Football League doesn't even want Donald Trump. Not to, We don't need him. Uh, and I don't think we want him because he doesn't, he doesn't represent the spirit of team that the National Football League is all about. Now, I know some former players, like current players, you know, have to go through a process of collecting bargaining, collective bargaining to get some things that we think we're deserving of because of what we put into the sport. Uh, I also know that sometimes when, when we can't collectively bargain, then sometimes we may have to go into a court of law and, be, and that those things be disputed there. And, and then we come to some type of settlement. Uh, but Donald Trump has been disruptive. He's been a disruption for uh, something that has been in autopilot for years. And, and I don't think the National Football League's owners, I don't think they're ready to embrace him. There are some people, you know, some people have very short memories and some people have very long memories. One thing in the National Football League is there's not a lot of turnover when it comes to ownership. Those things are what I call wealth. And wealth you don't spend. Wealth is transferred and it's inherited. And, and so these are very wealthy business people that they have family members. The Rooneys are still owners, owners of, of the, of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, and, and Mr. Rooney is an ambassador. You know, he may have stepped down at the time. I'm not sure. Correct me. Somebody tell me. 888-346-9144. But Donald Trump, let me say this. You know why Donald would not work in the National Football League? Because the National Football League already has one very, 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 very strong personality. We call him Roger. Big brother. Listen, we respect Roger. Sometimes we may differ with Roger, but we all know who Roger is. Can you, I can just see it playing out. I could see Donald Trump himself being bold enough to say to Roger, you understand you do work for me. And I could see Roger responding to that, saying, uh, that's one million. And Donald would say, I don't care how many million it is. You work for me. And I could see Roger saying, that's two million. And they could go back and forth. And Roger would say, uh, that's five million. Would you like to keep going, Donald? Because, see, that's, that's the type of personality that Roger has. And Roger will say to them, you brought me here to do a job. Now, either you're going to let me do my job or you're going to do my job. But you can't do my job. You can do yours and I can do mine. That's why you hired me. You're talking about a man who almost makes $40 million a year. It might be some teams out there. Now, now just think about that. If he's making 40, close to 40, I'm, I'm going to say 30, 35, 40. Who knows? After a while, you stop counting zeros. You've got to have some big ones to make that kind of money. Because you've got to stand up to some type of pressure. You know, that, that, that's pressure. To make that kind of money, you got to make some kind of decisions that the average person can't think about making. And sometimes you got to let some people know, okay, yes, you do own your team, but my job is to represent all teams. And so unless you got 
majority vote, I would suggest you sit your ass down and let me do my job. I could see Roger doing that. I could see Donald pulling his hair to the side and setting his butt down, too. But I'm going to tell you this. It, ain't, it would not be. I think Donald got that reality show. Uh, you're fired. That won't work in New York. You don't do that to Roger. You don't fire Roger. Roger's not going anywhere. And Roger has created a culture of cooperation and a brand that he wants no blemishes on. And the owners respect it and they love it. And it is, man, I can, it, it is recession proof. It is recession proof. And the greatest recession, you know, of my lifetime, I think there was a bad one maybe in 87 the stock market and everything crashed, you know, th that was a tough time, too. But never has a National Football League prospered like they did in this one. Everybody, you know, things got better for everybody across the board. So all I want to say is, really? Come on, man. Shoot the kiss the baby, shoot the baby, whatever. But D Donald, the National Football League doesn't want you. Go someplace else. Go, so, go start your own league. And the people in Buffalo, please, really? Donald Trump to represent that team? You know, you you know, you, you know the former owner of the, of, of, of the Buffalo Bills is a man that's been through some trying times. You know, he, he owned that team in times where... There was, it was difficult. This country was in some, some difficult space in times when he owned that team. And, and uh, you got great people like Jack Kemp and Cookie Gilchrist uh, that were, you know, a part of that team back in those days. And, and, and that man, you know, it, 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 was, it took a little time, but he softened and things changed. And so I respect him. And, and I respect the fact that, you know, listen, those people in Buffalo, it's some cold days out there that they've spent. They, that they, they have supported that franchise through a lot. O.J. Simpson, they had great days when O.J. played. Uh, you know, when, with the four Super Bowls that they didn't win. You know, Jim Kelly, you know, they did the best they could. But I do not think Donald Trump is the answer for new ownership. And to be quite honest, I don't care if Donald wants me. Donald don't even know my name. I know his, and I've seen him from a distance. And that just doesn't represent the National Football League. And we sued, and I was a part of a suit because we had rights. You know, you're right. You think you had rights, you guys, but nah. They don't want you, Donald. And I think you know that. You're just taking the opportunity to, to get some press. As they say, I think some people say all press is good press. Just spell your name right. I don't know if that's true. But Donald Trump, again, if you're a betting man, I'm not. I doubt that I would bet that Donald Trump would become an owner of a National Football League team. I would bet you that behind closed doors, there are some owners that will say, as long as my family owns a team, Donald Trump will never get a vote from us to be a member of that fraternity. I'm almost sure that. Listen, I got to take a break. I'm tired of talking about Donald. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Next, 
We're going to talk about a coach who's wrote a book and thinks that the basketball players in colleges deserve a little bit more. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, uh,. To my man Daryl Oliver uh, from one of my favorite movies of all time. Hey man, I'm on the show. I'm on the show, man. I'm live, right? Man, I'm doing the show right now, man. I can't, I can't talk to you right now. I'm doing the show, man. Okay, man. <laughs> uh, and of course, y'all, y'all, y'all know who that is. That's the man, my man, uh, Mike Epps. You know, uh, on the couch there at the end of the movie there. But uh, let, let's talk a little bit about college ball. And and again, it, it's just something I just. I don't want to let go because I think many of you out there who, who listen to the show know that, listen, I, I'm going to take a position. I'm going to take a stand on something that I'm familiar with, that I, I, I have a, an inside perspective from my experience, and I'm a fair man. I, you know, I believe there's compromise, but I also understand that there comes a point in time where there are people who cannot stand up for themselves, that somebody has to stand up and fight for them. Now, the first time something like that resonated to, you know, with me was when I was a kid and I saw a picture and I continued to be one of my favorite pictures of all times. And this was this was related to race at the time. And it, it was Muhammad Ali. It was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was Jim Brown. It was Bill Russell. And, and basically, Muhammad Ali just said, listen, man, I, I don't want to go to this war. I don't want to kill some people that they don't know me. I don't know them. And, 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 and why? Because I'm, I'm fighting a championship fights and I got to go in the back door. You know, I'm fighting a championship fights and I can't even eat at a restaurant. And I can't, you know, I got to get it on the back of the bus. I, I got to use the bathroom and I got to run around the corner to use the bathroom. And I'm fighting for a country that's supposed to be mine, and that's the way they're treating me and my family? No. And so athletes have always stood up for injustice for, every, for everybody. And there were black and white athletes together that stood up for that. 
And so nowadays, it's t- when it's my turn, that we, you know, there's some things of which, you know, that are still race related that we got to help this country and this world get over. But, but it's not as bad as it was. But there are some things that the athletes who have a seat at the table have to fight for those athletes who don't have a seat at the table. And I'm sorry, but the college athletes right now, you know, they really can't say a lot because of replications. They never know repercussions, what might happen to them because they said something or stepped out on a limb or they asking, how dare you ask for something or demand something? All I'm asking people is to stop and realize it's just entertainment. I really don't understand why is it we have children. I mean, we watch television shows our whole life. And there are children in television shows. That's entertainment. They get paid for that. They're still in school, whether it's high school or, or, or college or whatever. They're still in school. I, I just don't understand, you know, if somebody's a musician, you know, and they play a great instrument and they can sell their, they, they can still get paid. I really don't understand why anybody would have a problem with anything that anybody does to earn a living for themselves. What's wrong with that? And, if, and, and all you got to do is look, you know, it's like what you do in business. Sometimes in exchange for cash, you barter. And when you barter, you give somebody something of equal value in exchange for something else that you have of equal value. But you measure what the value is of that, and you give somebody something, the equivalent of that. The coaches used to get paid a certain amount of money. They don't get paid when I was in college. You know, Earl Bruce got a whole lot more money than Woody Hayes. He couldn't wait to get more money than Woody Hayes. You know, and he did some things to make sure that he got more money than Woody Hayes. Okay, and they've continued to get more money since then. You know, and, and the fact of the matter is, then who is there when you're there negotiating your contract? Coaches, administrative assistants, I mean, um, athletic directors. When you're negotiating your deal, who's supposed to negotiate the deal for the kids? Now, I'm finally happy that somebody is stepping up and trying to say something. Coach Calipari's, you know, uh, University of Kentucky, you know, his, his kids come in there one and done because they're great basketball players. You know, my wife always says this to me, and it's so funny. You know, it's jokingly, but maybe she, she thinks so. I don't think so. I think the best is yet to come. But she says to me all the time, laughing and tells people, you know, she gave me her best years of her life. We've been married 31 years. She was my college sweetheart. When I left that university, I, shoot, we had met each other, and I told her, hey, we're going to get married. I'm going to make you fall in love with me, and we're going to get married. She said, I gave her, she gave me her best years of her life. Well, listen, in athletics, everybody must understand, you can't do that your entire life. I mean, you could shoot a basketball when you're an old man, but that ain't, that ain't the best years of your basketball skills is not going to be when you're in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s. No, your, your, the best years is, are going to be when you're younger. And if these young men are performing at the highest level, you know, Calipari talked about the fact that I think it was eight, you know, eight billion dollars that was generated with, you know, with this, uh, you know, NC2A championship. Billions of dollars. He said something I didn't know. He felt the same way that I did. But just again, from my personal experience, you know, I live in Arizona today because of the fact when I was a senior in college, 
we played in a bowl game. And I got a chance to come and visit this great place. And I said, good Lord willing, if I get a chance to play pro ball one day, I, man, if I could retire, you know, or at least in the latter part of my life before pre-retirement, I wanted to move there. It wasn't going to be retirement because, you know, and, and whatever. I, I'd be blessed to play one day of pro football. But if I got to play a few and I get a little, you know, benefits, I'm going to take them and move my family out to Arizona. And I got a chance to do that. But you know what, what bothered me the most is that going through that time of reflection when this is your last game that you're going to play in, my family wasn't there. That could have been my last football game of my life. And my mother and my sister wasn't there. And my brother wasn't there. My dad was in heaven. That bothered me. I've never forgot that to this day. Never forgot it. And Calipari says something, I think, in his book, but he mentioned, he said, you know, you think those kids' families, can't we find a way to get the kids' family to the NC2A championship series if they make it? We got billions of dollars and we can't get their parents to see it could be their final games or just the fact that they made it. And so I'm not crazy. Maybe some people are listening to my show. If they are, I thank you for listening. But again, I've been there. I've done that. I know right from wrong and I know what's fair. And what's not fair is the fact that what you're doing to these young men and, and the way you're profiting off of these young men at their expense to the point where I don't care how hungry I am and what time of night it is. You shouldn't be able to tell me that because, you know, all of a sudden now, you know, training tables closed down. You can't get anything to eat. You can't tell me because training tables closed down that I have to starve. I'm hungry. Sometimes people get hungry at night. I just made you $8 billion and I can't get something to eat because the training table's closed and I don't have the money. I play for your university. It's Christmas time and I can't even fly home and we're about to go to a bowl game and get billions of dollars. Woo! Okay, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I'm going to continue to be a voice for those who don't have one. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Rail of Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.